Hi there and welcome to Global Heart Church. Uh, I'm Jared Keane, the senior pastor, and wherever you are tuning in from around the world today, really, really hope and pray that in our planning of this message that it's going to really inspire you for the great journey that you are on and uh, for the great calling that you have in your own life. So enjoy the message and really pray that it's a blessing to you today. And um, yeah, I want to talk to you on the subject of Created for Connection. It's Connect Weekend, and so I want to talk on Created for Connection. And, um, you know, mental health professionals say that people who are in a mental health crisis, that one of the most important things, if not the most important thing for their healing, is finding connection. Finding connection. They talk, when they say connection, they talk about finding community, a place where you can really be real. A place and a group of people that isn't just going to say, hey, well done, but he's going to journey with you over a period of time. Because when you're facing a serious mental health situation, you don't get out of it usually in days, weeks, or months. Often it's a journey of years. And so you need people who are going to walk with you through that season. And I remember um, some time ago uh, that we had, I had a call uh, from, for, to the church from June Hutt Mental Health Campus. And it was a psychiatrist. And they called and they asked to speak to me. And they said, hey, we have someone here and they have a connection um, to your church, and they talked uh, about you, and so we're calling you to say, hey, can you help them because you have the answer we don't. That's literally what they said to me. They literally said, you have the answer we don't. What they meant was, this person, we can medicate them, we, that's, can, that, can, that can be helpful. We can give them some therapy, that can definitely help them. But the community they need, we can't give them. We need you to deliver that to them. And I thought, man, this is, I need to hear this. You know, when, when that call came through, I thought, this is for that person, absolutely. And we helped them and we did what we can to help them through that season they were in. But I thought that call was also for me. <laughs> you know, it was reminding me that actually this is what we do. This is what we do. This is what we should be known for. That we are the people of community, but of real connection. Not just, hi, how you doing? You're great, you know. More than that, you know what I'm saying? A deeper level of that, that actually, hey, talk to me about what's actually going on. Where are you really at? And hey, let's journey together now, together into freedom. And what I love about this is none of us have it all together, right? But together we can walk together into the solution. You know, and we can help each other and together we can, you know, walk with God and we can go on this awesome journey together. But it's not like we're experts. But what we can say is, hey, we have connection and community here that can heal you. You know, and they used to say, they used to say that the opposite of addiction was abstinence. When I got clean from drugs, you know, it was all about don't use, don't use, don't use. You know, the whole, it was relapse prevention, you know, and it was all of these strategies to not keep using the substance. But things have evolved since then, and what they now say is, look, actually, the opposite of addiction isn't abstinence. The reason you use drugs isn't because of drugs. The reason you use drugs is because you can't cope with life on life's terms. That so you need to medicate to cope with life. You're medicating the pain and the circumstance of life. And I know that to be true because I knew that I didn't, I didn't like my life. I didn't want to live my life. I hated my life, but when I used, I could face it. I could do anything. When I had heroin in me, you know, but without it, man, I, I couldn't face life. I wanted to die, you know. And so what they now say is that the opposite of addiction isn't abstinence, but it's connection. They're saying that what you're trying to fill with drugs now fill with connection. Connection to what? Well, to God and to people. 
That's what they're saying. They, they know that to be true now. You know, we, we, when we operate Tenacious House, we run on a model where we talk about how you're going to need to get a connection to God. You're going to need to get a connection to a higher power to get through this thing. And then we also talk about you're going to also need people. You're going to need to journey with people to get through this thing. So, 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 you know, so culture or experts in the field of mental health and addiction have got a hold of this. People need connection to flourish. They need connection to get free. But really what they're saying is exactly what the Bible has said for thousands of years, right? It's what God said for millennia, right? That actually we were created for connection. And why is that? Well, we, a God, the God that created us is in and of himself connection. Get this. Three persons, one God. Get it, right? So God in all his sufficiency, needs nothing outside of himself, right? Totally autonomous, needs no outside force, power or being, is eternal, was never created. The one God lives what? In relationship, three persons. Check it. So if God, right, who needs nothing lives in relationship, you want to bet you need good relationships to flourish in your life. Come on. Come on. The one true God, three persons, lives together. And God in that relationship, spoke the earth and everything you see into being. Out of that, 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 that power, that entity that is God, everything else was birthed, right? The point, the origin, the point of everything that we know came from God, right? He spoke it into being, but not God the singular, God the plural. It's crazy. It's crazy. And then it says that God spoke humanity. The last thing he spoke into being was, was you and I, was human beings, right? And it says this in Genesis 1.26. God spoke, let us make human beings in our image, making them reflect our nature. So God's saying this. God, who is one God but three persons, he's saying, hey, let us, this community, create humanity for what? To be in our image. Why? So that we might have family. Actually, the family was expanding when God spoke humanity into being. He'd already created the cosmos, planets, you know, stars, suns, galaxies, right? He'd spoken the world, you know, earth, water, sun, light, you know, all of physics, right? Everything is spoken, chemistry and biology, right? He'd spoken all of that into being. We had everything in place, animals, and God said, it isn't a reflection of my image. And then he spoke humanity into being and said, this is the reflection of my image. So friend, you don't need connection. You were created by connection for connection. You came out of connection, you know, and it's why that's how we, you know, reproduce, right? Out of connection, we build relationship and we fall in love and we have kids and we keep on extending the family of God. But it came out of God in the first place. And you know, that they, they talk about, people often talk about that within humanity is this God-shaped hole, this God-shaped hole. You know, and what, what people are talking about when they say that is that you need a connection to God ultimately to find yourself. So to be fulfilled as a person, you can try to put in 
career. I'm going to prove to the world I am someone. You can try to put in things. You can put in people. You can put in substances. You can put all kinds of things into you, but nothing will ultimately fill that God-shaped hole. And I love what Leah says. You know, when you hear the, she says to me that when you hear the word hole, you think of something quite neat. You mean like a hole on a golf course or something? I'm just going to slot something in there. It's nice and filled. She says it's probably more like a gaping wound. Rather than the hole, she said it's probably more like a shotgun wound. You know what I'm saying? That the part of you that's missing God, it doesn't feel like a neat hole. It feels like a gaping wound. Something in the core of me is wrong. Something in the center of me is missing. And I remember I would detox off drugs. I think, man, I've got to get off the drugs. My life's something up and I detox off drugs. And I'd remove the drugs from my life. And I was left with this feeling literally like a gaping wound of emptiness within my soul, you know, where I used to think, why am I here for what purpose am I here? What's the point of all this? And I could find no meaning in and of myself. I needed something bigger than me. I needed something external from me. And I remember the first time I went to a treatment center, they said to me, you've got to get something that you want to live for, something to believe in. And I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> so I made something up. And I said, oh, get married and have kids. You know, I didn't really want that, but I just thought that sounds like a good thing and other people do it, so maybe that should be it. But, but it needed to be so much bigger than that. It needed to be so much bigger than that. It needed to be out of this world and into eternity. The questions my heart was asking, why am I here? Where am I going? What is this for? What's the point of life? Why should I enjoy suffering? Why, why should I stay alive? That used to be the question that was on my mind at the time. Why should I even bother to exist? The answer came when I realized God God spoke me into being. He has a plan, a purpose, a destiny for my life. So he's going to work all things together for good, even all those mistakes and all that rubbish. He's going to forgive it. He's going to use it. What for? Help other people, make the world a little bit better. Come on. That in God, that in God, there was meaning and there was purpose. This God-shaped hole, I love how it puts it in Ecclesiastes 3.11. It puts it like this. Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. That word beautiful, it's, it's interesting. You could, you could replace that word with, um, you could replace that word with everything as it should be in its time. Or you could replace that word with everything as is in its own time. It's, it's a strange choice of word, right? Everything beautiful in its own time. He has planted eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. It's saying this, that in the heart of someone who, who doesn't even know God, right? They have no concept of God, which absolutely was me before I placed my faith in Jesus. He's saying for that person, in their heart is something that says, I want to know why all this works like this, where it came from, where we're going to, how did it start? There's questions that we have. That's what it's talking about when it says eternity. The humanity is not satisfied with, well, I've got my lot. This is my life. I'll just live it. Most people are not satisfied with that. Inside of them, there's a thing of, where did I come from? Where am I going? What is this for? And people try all kinds of intellectual pursuits to find the answer to that. But it says that ultimately God placed that within us. That's part of that God-shaped hole that's within humanity. Because that, that, that awkwardness should draw you to God. That discomfort God has allowed in there that you might find God, that you might be motivated to seek and find God. You know, why is it that way? Why is it that way? Well, it's because of something the Bible talks about called the fall. 
Where did the God-shaped hole come from? Or where did the gunshot wound hole, as Leah says, come from? It came from the fall. When God made humanity, the first people, Adam and Eve, they lived in complete unity and connection with God and with each other. Check this. They lived in complete peace with God. It says that they walked with God and just talked with him. Literally, there was no barrier, there was no hindrance, there was no concern about, oh, how do I look, or what does God think, or how should I act? No, it was complete and utter natural and harmonious and normal and peaceful, right? And with each other. Check it. And with each other, right? I see you, I know you, I understand you, you see me, I'm known by you, you understand me, you accept me. There's complete harmony. Anyone who's married knows that something has gone wrong, horribly wrong. <laughs> Come on. Something's gone wrong, right? They lived in this absolute, she's a couple of people laughing, everyone else is looking straight ahead, could just be me. But, uh, you know, but, you know, like something's gone wrong. Humanity doesn't live like that. We don't live in harmony and community and loving the world. We blow each other up with nuclear bombs. We argue all the time. We say, I'm not going to sell stuff to you because you're not sending stuff right to me. You're charging me too much. And we have trade wars. You know, and we have all this kind of stuff. And I see it in my kids and I see it in world leaders. The same behavior. Something's gone wrong. It's called the fall. Humanity made a decision to rebel, to turn from, to resist God, to say, what? I want to be like God. What does that mean? I want to make up the rules. I want to decide what happens. I want to see as God sees. I want to be like God. That was the lure that caused them to fall. It's pride is at the root of it. They were tempted, they fell, and then humanity was fractured. And it's why now you see wars and rumors of wars and all the chaos of the world and sickness and death and all the stuff you see that in your heart you know it should not be this way. All of that is the result of the fall from broken relationship, fractured relationship. And so the solution is restored relationship. Here's the cool thing about the Trinity, right? God in three persons who created us, birthed humanity. Humanity fell, rebelled against God. What does God do? He sends one of the Trinity to come to earth, become fully human yet fully God. His name was Jesus Christ, to live a life completely, normally, in every way, yet be completely God. At the end of his life, willingly give up his life. What for? The sins of the world. All the wrongs, the accumulated wrongs of the whole of humanity might be placed on him, that then through faith in him we might be forgiven and set free. He didn't die, he rose from the death. Death could not hold him any longer. The consequence of the way that we've lived could not hold him. He broke through it. So now you and I can break free into life, into freedom. Come on, into an eternity with God, all because of what Jesus has done. And what is he doing? He's restoring broken relationship. He's creating connection. Connection connection. Man, you know what people used to do to get to God? They used to go through a priest, and I love the way Pastor Jordan talks about it. If they've done something wrong, they get a couple of doves, kill them. If they've done something really bad, they bring a dog or something. If it was serious, they'd bring a bull, and they'd sacrifice that thing, you know, in order to get closer to God. You know, people did all these crazy kind of things, and then Jesus comes and says, no longer do you need to do any of that. Everyone comes to the Father. How? Through me. The one-time sacrifice for the all-time sin of the world. Come on. Come on. This is the good news of the gospel, right? And so Jesus came to do that. But within the heart of us, 
is this, is this, is this hole, is this questioning, is this asking, where am I going? Where did I come from? But also within this God-shaped hole, I believe is this desire to be known. This desire to be truly known. Think about this. Who truly knows you? Who truly knows you? I mean, who can really see you as you are? It's definitely not yourself. <laughs> Think about it, right? All the time, God is showing me stuff that I'm like, really? It, seriously. Like, all the time, God's showing me. I'm like, oh, my, you're right. I'm 46. Six years old. I'm 46. <laughs> my memory's going. I'm getting old. Right? I'm 46 years old, and there's stuff that I'm like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I still haven't seen it. I'm 46. I'm going to be doing that till I'm 86 or until I go to be with God. You hear what I'm saying? So I don't truly see myself as I am. I see myself through the lens of the life I've lived, through the parents I grew up with, through my understanding of God, through the teaching and input I've had, what other people have said to me, what I've spoken over me. I see myself through that lens. And when you see me, you see me through your lens. When you see me, you see me through your lens. So you see me through all of your life experience and your upbringing and your, the way you see things and think things should be. You see me through that. So no one can truly see us, yet we want to be seen. You know, it's like my, my daughters, they put on this show and uh, they just spontaneously did it. They said, we're putting on a show and they came out and they dressed up and they started singing badly. And they started to, I don't know who choreographed it, but they should be sacked. The choreography was really poor. And basically, they performed. And after it, they, we, we said, well done. Brilliant. Brilliant. And, and afterwards, they said, they said, we want to be pop stars. We were concerned about the choice of life career, so we sat them down. And we said to them, hey, do you realize there's going to be a lot of years on the road? Traveling on the road is hard. There's going to be lots of temptations. You're probably going to be pressured to use drugs in order to keep awake for long hours at night. We were concerned about the life career choice they were choosing. We began to speak to them. Not really, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> right? Do you get what I'm saying? They're saying we want to be famous. Why? We want to be known. We want to be known. There's a whole load of people on TikTok want to be known. Or whatever platform you choose to express yourself. Think about it. What's really happening? We want to be known. We want to be, I remember when I was young, I want to be famous. God, there's still a bit inside me that wants to be. You know what I mean? It's, it's, like, it's, it's like we want to be known, but yet we can never be known. We can never be known by humanity. The only person you can ever be known by is God. Listen, 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I've rejected him. For the Lord sees, not as man sees, Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So only God can truly see and discern who you are. Only God can see right in to the being intrinsically who you are. Why? Because he know, knew you before you were born. <laughs> the Bible says that he knew you before you were created, before you came into life. He knew you fashioned you, formed you, considered you, planned you. Think about it. Knew the gifts, the talents, the purpose, the life you would live, that you might be equipped to do it. That God actually knew you before you were born. He knows you now. He completely sees you as you are. And so the only way you're ever going to get a perspective 
any kind of real perspective about who you are or others are is when you start to see people through God's lens. When you start to see yourself through God's lens. I all the time have to keep reading the Word of God over myself. You know, and Leah and I have really got this from Joyce Meyer. She's awesome at this, about get the Word of God, get a truth, and then speak that literally out loud over yourself because I don't believe it. I don't believe it in the natural. You know what I'm saying? I've got to speak it over myself, the truth, that actually then it might connect with my spirit. Something in me might rise up and say, yeah, that's who I really am. You know? And listen to what 1 Peter 2, 9. So God sees you exactly as you are. Here's what he says in 1 Peter 2, 9 to 10. But you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work. What does that mean? Important work, helping other people. Chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. It's saying this, to be known by God is to be truly seen, to be truly seen and truly known, yet fully accepted fully accepted, and then welcomed into relationship. Come on, into the family, right? And then helped and encouraged to live purposefully for God, to do something with your life great for God. That's what it's talking about, that we were created for this connection with God. And friend, I want to encourage you. If you've never prayed a prayer and given your life to Jesus, it is the most important thing you'll ever do. You'll ever do. It has the capacity to connect you to God, that God would forgive you, who sees you truly as you are, forgive you for all you've done wrong, bring you into his family, begin to show you who you are, begin to show you his plan and his purpose for your life, that you might truly live in the sense of, man, now I'm living for what I was created to live for, as opposed to living for what I've made up that I should live for. But also, you know, we're created for connection with people. Genesis 2.18, I love this. So straight after God speaks Adam into being, right? So the first human, he creates Adam, right? Breathes life into him. Genesis 2.18 says this, It is not good for man to be alone, so I will create a companion for him, a perfectly suited partner. He's saying this, that, that, that it isn't enough just for Adam to have God. He actually needs people as well. You've got to get this. He's saying that Adam doesn't just need God, he needs people as well. And you and I got to get this. I love it in James how it talks about. Confess your sins to God, you'll be forgiven. But share your sins with one another, you'll be healed. I love that passage. I think it's 516. It's in James, right? And it says that, yeah, confess your sins to God, you'll be forgiven. But confess your sins to one another and you'll be healed. It's talking about this. Man, you need God to forgive you. You need God in your life. You need God working. You need God changing you. You need God transforming you. But you need people helping you and walking with you and shaping you and sharpening you. And you know what? I so often hear God in people, in people. All the time I hear God, mostly probably, I hear God through people. As I talk about what's happening with me and what I'm thinking about, where I'm really at, they share with me and I get revelation and insight. And I get, man, that's from God. That, that part's from God. God is saying that humans were not made for isolation but for connection. We need a companion, someone perfectly suited to us. And don't get hung up on this meaning a husband or a wife. It's way broader than that. It's way broader than that. It has to be because God called some people to singleness. So how can it only be about, how can you only need to be created to have a partner or a spouse? It doesn't mean that. It's talking about you need community. You need others. You need friends. You need family. You need work colleagues. You need people in your world and in your life that are going to journey with you and help you. And yes, and for many of us, spouses as well. But God wants us to have that connection. You know, probably a couple of years ago, I was kind of 
you know, conscious that in my life I was, I was feeling lonely. You know, I'm very slow to tune into reality. You know, I'm slow to tune into reality. It's one on this person here. <laughs> but I'm, I'm slow to tune in, right? And uh, I see that hand. No, and I'm slow to tune in. And, 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 and God started to speak to me and, and say to me, hey, you're lonely. And, you, and I started to think, I don't have friends. Now, I had lots of people I was friendly with. Right? So I had lots of people. Hey, it's been a part of a great church. I had loads of people around me. I had loads of people who were willing to be friends with me. But I didn't actually feel like I had any friends. And I thought about this more and more. I thought, yeah, I don't feel like I do. I feel isolated, you know. And as I sat with this more and more, I realized I don't feel super connected either to my wife or to my kids. You know, I started to say, yeah, I feel disconnected in my life. There's a sense of disconnection, you know, a sense of I'm not connected now, I'm not a part of, you know. And that's a big problem because being a recovering addict, the opposite of addiction is connection. So if I don't have connection, I'm in trouble, right? Because <laughs> so I'm heading back to needing to medicate my life, right? So I started to think about this and I started to reach out and I started to take some actions. I talked to Pastor Jared, I did a whole bunch of different things. And over the next two years, I started to take actions of reconnecting with people. And, here's, uh, and, and, and I want to say this, the reason I lost connection, it wasn't a conscious thing, it was because of this, I felt busy. Get this, I felt busy, right? Work, man, there's projects at work and there's leaders developing, there's KPIs, and there's all this stuff happening and there's church plants going on, there's all this cool stuff. Home, the cleaning never ends. It never ends. It's like I stack that dishwasher, I go into the lounge, there's more mess. I restack it. By the time I turn around, there's more mess. I clear an area, it's messy. Before, like literally, I come back five minutes later, it's messy. You know, it's, cleaning's never done, right? And there's a list of DIY that I never get to. I just never get to it. I don't even look at the list anymore. I just pray over it as I walk past it, right? right? And parenting, there's always an area to work on. There's always an area to work on in my parents. This is what it feels like that, right? It feels like there's always an area to work on. And then, then my daughter, one of my daughters got diagnosed with dyslexia. So that meant we really need to take some action to kind of bring some support there. Make some, so that felt like, oh, I've got this to do as well. And then there was the endless notifications. Yeah, yeah, ping, voicemail. Gotta call him back, gotta call him back, we'll call him back. Didn't call him back. Next day he's calling me, oh, I didn't call him back. You know, there's SMS alerts, right? There's, there's, there's social, there's messenger alerts. There's WhatsApp alerts, right? There's, there's the general social media, comments alerts. You know, I'm just living for alerts, right? And I'm not getting back to half of them, right? But then I feel guilty about that, right? So all of this is going on in my life. Then I'm thinking, I've got to be doing exercise, got to be keeping it. Man, fitness is important. I'm 46 now. I've got to make sure I'm working out, keeping that in. How's your diet going? Got to make sure I'm getting, got to eat the right food. Man, I've got to meal prep, meal prep. You know, then I'm thinking, I really should be doing a hobby to refresh myself. <laughs> got to be cycling around the lake more and doing those things. That you hear what I'm saying? So it wasn't that I didn't want to have connection, right? It was that I got into a deception that my life was so full that I didn't have room for it. So when I interacted with you and you said to me, how are you? I said, good. Or when you said to me, how are you doing? I said, yeah, great, good, get good, great. Hear what I'm saying? Which meant, terrible, but get away from me. I haven't got time to talk. <laughs> Translated. Come on. So I felt I had no room. I felt I had no room for connection, you know. But when I did speak to people, I noticed that I just lost the habit 
of real conversation. You know, I just got into this superficial kind of relationship. And so over the, that, this is two years ago, I've taken lots of steps, right? So here's some of the things I did. I began a new routine of spending time with God each morning. Because you know what? The routine was stale. It was stale. I've got a new program now I'm doing, and I've mixed it up as well along the way, and I, I do that each morning. It feels fresher. It feels newer. It's been a journey to really be engaged with it, but it's happening. I found a mentor. Went to pastor, I talked about, I need to get a mentor. Someone in my life's got to be an older guy who's ahead of me in the walk with God, in the journey of life in God. And he suggested someone, I want to ask that guy now, I meet with him every two weeks. And he asked me, how are you going? And I tell him really how I'm going. You know what I'm saying? And you know the crazy thing is, he's an older guy and I thought, some of the stuff I'm going to say is going to freak him out. And guess what? He didn't. Everything I said, he's like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I think, oh, I'm a terrible drug addict background. I've got this horrendous, what goes on in my head is terrible. You know, and as I, I brought out, I was, I was careful. I brought it out bit by bit, you know. But he just accepted it. This is what he said to me. He said, I want you to know anything you say to me will never leave this conversation. He says, the things you say to me, I won't be sharing with my wife. This is between you and me and God. Say whatever you need to say. Oh, man, talk about liberating. Talk about life-giving, Right? I joined a connect group. Come on, joined a connect group. I've been out of connect for a while. I won't tell you how long. I joined a connect group. I started to attend some more 12-step meetings, which are meetings I go to that are recovery-focused. You know, I began to hang with more young families in church. Man, that was good. You know, and I began to do all these things. You know what I found? More time. Interesting. I'm so busy. Actually, as I got around people, I found answers to all kinds of problems. All kinds of problems. In fact, you know, do you know a 40-minute conversation with the right person, a coffee catch-up for 40 minutes with the right person can solve a 10-year problem? Literally a 10-year problem. I got a coach to help me in my work. I found a therapist <laughs> to help me with some trauma from my past that came up along this journey. And I began to talk to this therapist, and they began to help me with that, and also working on how I keep living a life of recovery because I've got an addiction background. Come on. I did... This wasn't all in one day. This, this took a, this over a period of time. I've ducked in and out of these things. I reconnected with the best friend I've got in the UK I've known for over 20 years. We got saved. We knelt down and prayed the prayer of salvation together. He shared the gospel with me before he was a Christian because he knew the gospel because his mum was a full-on Christian even though he wasn't even saved. So he saved, shared the gospel with me before he was saved. And then the two of us knelt down together and prayed a prayer of salvation. Yeah, I reconnected with him. He knows me. Knows me, you know. I, if, if, if he calls me and I say, good, good, he says, stop lying. You know? Yeah, so I did these things. And what happened was that in my life, many of the problems I have began to fade away. From what? Connection. 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 My sense of busyness lessened. I began to find new direction and purpose for my life. I stopped feeling so alone. I began to experience more peace. Huh. So I want to encourage you, we need connection. Being part of something doesn't mean you have connection. Even being in a connect group does not mean you have connection. It's a beginning, but it's not the end. You've got to keep on pushing in. Keep Because God wants you in this for the long haul. He doesn't want you burning out, giving up, jacking it in, doing something crazy, having a midlife crisis. I thought, am I having a midlife crisis? I spoke to Leah, she's like, probably. No, no, she didn't. She didn't say that. It's not true. I'm making that up. It's not true. But you know what I'm saying? I was thinking that. Come on. Because I need connection. 
We need connection. We're created for connection. It would be great if the band could come just as we wrap up. Listen to this. Just finishing. Matthew 18, 20. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. Listen. Where two or three gather in my name, there I am with me. Saying this. When you meet with another believer and you began to really engage with them, God's there. God's there. He's speaking and He's moving. You know, I, I love, I, I can go to Connect Group, right? And in Connect Group, we, I go to a Guys Connect and we go and people say, what do you want prayer for? And I can really say what I want prayer for, right? And then people pray for me and then people share and we speak and I, and I, and I, I connect with God. Like I, I connect with God. I'm enriched. I'm helped. I'm encouraged. As I get transparent, I bring reality to, to people. God begins to answer, begins to come in, begins to flow in. I want to encourage you, if you don't know that, you want experience in that, God wants that for you. If you're not yet part of a connect group, friend, today's the day. Make a decision. Go out into the foyer. You'll see the connect area. Go up there and say, hey, I want to be part of a connect. Or maybe you're in a connect, but you never go. You need to go up there and go, I'm in a connect, but I never go. Can you please sign me up to a new connect that I've got a chance of going to? Hear what I'm saying? Not every, you might go to connect. It's not the right one for you. Go find another one. Give it another go. Change the night. Do the different day. You know, I remember when I was a new believer, in Connect, I learned how to pray. I learned how to study the Bible. I learned how to hear from God. I learned how to invite people to church. Come on. I learned how to invite people to church. I want to encourage you. We need to be part of a Connect group. Why? We need to be encouraging new believers in their faith. We need to get around people who are new to the faith. We need to say, hey man, God wants to use you now. God's going to use you to invite people. Hey, now's your time to tell your friends and your family about God. God's going to do something powerful in your life. You need to go to connect to receive, but you need to go to connect to give. And as you do, and as I do, and we grow in community, God's going to keep healing us and others. God's going to keep drawing in more and more people. They're going to get healed and helped. And I don't care who they are. If they're the most broken drug addict or they're the CEO, everyone needs God. Everyone has a God-shaped hole. Everyone needs community. Everyone has problems. Everyone needs to be paid for. Come on. Everybody needs this community and we need to keep on inviting people in. Would you stand with me? We're going to sing together right now. Come on. Thank you so much for joining us online today. Really great to have you with us and special thanks to those also who give online. Your generosity is making the way for others to hear the message of Jesus both here in Australia and around the world. If you enjoyed today's message, I'd love to encourage you to share this message with a friend, a workmate, a family member, and let's believe together that it will powerfully impact their life for good in Jesus' name. If you're unable to be with us at one of our church locations, uh, both here in Australia and around the world, please join us online every Sunday for Global Heart at Home on YouTube. God bless and have a great week.